You found it. Your number one place for free English lessons on the internet. Learn American English with this guy. Don't forget to leave a five-star review if this podcast improves your English. And now, here's your host, this guy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome back to another video. Today's video is all about that tricky phrasal verb, break in. If this is your first time on the channel, my name is Brent. I've been an English teacher for about 20 years. And the goal of this channel is to help you improve your English. Once again, I am inside making this video because it's raining and it's actually thundering out. I recently made a video about supposed to and used to and Matthias, right up there, made some great notes on that video. They're in the comments section if you would like to take a look. But let's get back to break in. And before we talk about the phrasal verb break in, let's talk a little bit about the word break. Break can be a noun, it can be a verb, it can even be an adjective. Let's think of a car for a second. The thing that you press on to make the car stop, that's called a break. And in the back of the car, to let other drivers know that you're stopping, those things are called brake lights. That's as a noun and an adjective, and maybe you break your leg. That would be awful, but that would be the way to use it as a verb. Maybe you have a vase full of sunflowers and you accidentally drop them. Well, you probably just broke your vase. And yes, broke, Break, it's an irregular verb when you use it in the past tense. At work, when you pause to have coffee in the morning, that could be called your coffee break. Maybe when you stop working in the middle of the day to have lunch, that could be your lunch break. If somebody lies to you and you don't believe them, you could say, oh, give me a break. Or maybe your favorite football team just lost a big game. Because you can't believe it, you might say, oh, give me a break. They lost again? Now that we've talked a little bit about the word break, let's get into the phrasal verb break in. In that video I talked about earlier where Matthias took those great notes, I used the phrasal verb break in twice, but I really didn't have time to explain it in that video. But like in that video, I had to interrupt to give some more information. It's actually thundering. Can you hear that? So I just listened back to what I recorded and you can't hear the thunder, I don't think. But trust me, it's actually thundering out. But just like I broke into that last video to give more information, there was a time, maybe you're too young to remember, that we only had televisions to watch. There were no phones from which we could get our news. TV stations often broke into your favorite show 
to deliver very important news. Like this time back in 1963 when President Kennedy was assassinated. From Dallas, Texas, the flash apparently official President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. The television station broke in or interrupted the show to deliver that very important news. If you look at the thumbnail for this video, I am pretending to break into my house. People will often break into a house to steal the stuff that the family has inside. If they break in through the window, we would say they broke open the window. If they break in through the door, we would say they broke down the door. I'm not sure why there are different phrasal verbs for those two objects, but trust me, there are. Probably just to make it difficult for anyone trying to learn English. Sorry about that. Break open the window, break down the door. I don't think many people break into a house through the roof, but if they did, we would say they broke in through the roof. As I mentioned before in that last video, when you get new shoes, sometimes they are uncomfortable on your feet and you have to break them in. It takes a couple days for your feet to get used to those new shoes. You might even sometimes get blisters from those new shoes. People who lift weights often get blisters on their hands. People who run long distances often get blisters on their feet. Sometimes you will hear of a famous actor or actress breaking in to show business, or maybe they have gotten their big break. Those are both ways to say that an actor or an actress has had a lot of success in show business, or maybe they have become famous. I'd like to give a huge shout out to some channel members You'll see their names going across the screen right there. They helped me purchase some new lights for this room so that I look slightly better on camera. I hope you have enjoyed this video. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. If you'd like some more English for today, right up there is a video I made about the difference between spread and scatter. And below that, some ways to say shut up. Although saying shut up is usually quite rude, right? Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This lesson, I want to teach you all about the English phrasal verbs we use when talking about the phone. To start out the video, I'm actually on lunch break at my school and I just had to get outside because it was absolutely beautiful out here.
first phrasal verb I want to talk about is pick up. Now, if I had made this video 20 years ago or 30 years ago, we might be talking about picking up the phone when you start a phone call, but now we would probably use something like pull it out of your pocket. Back then, everybody had house phones, not cell phones. House phones are what we call the phones people still have in their house. They might pick those up when they're about to make a call. But these days, most people talk about picking up the phone when they're talking about the other person they're calling. You might hear, oh, why don't they pick up? Why don't they pick up? It's another way to say, answer the phone. I hope this never happens to you, but let's say you have an emergency and you want the police on the other end to answer really quickly. If they are taking too long, you might say, pick up, pick up, come on, pick up, pick up, pick up. The next one I wanna talk about is get through, and we can use that emergency with this one. Get through, when you're trying to get through to someone, means you're trying to get someone on the other line. In that emergency, you're trying to get through to the police. Let's say there is a contest on a radio show. This happens in the United States sometimes, and they will say, to answer this question correctly, we will take caller number nine. And then people call in, and they're trying to get through to that radio station so they can win the contest. The next English phrasal verb we use with the phone that I would like to teach you is break up. Now we use break up in a lot of different ways and I've actually made a video about this. I will link it at the end of this one. But when we are talking about phone calls, break up can mean it's hard to understand the other person because there is interference. Maybe you are not close to a cell tower. Maybe you're out way away from the city and that person is breaking up. It means you hear some of the words, but not all of them. If someone is breaking up on the phone, you can ask them, hey, do you mind if I call you back? You're breaking up. I can't hear you very well. My lunch break is just about over, so I will continue this video somewhere else. I'm not sure, but I gotta go in now. Gotta go back to school. I'm back in my classroom now, but on my way back in, one of the ladies who works in the office says, hey, we received a call here in the office there was a guy outside filming himself with a selfie stick. And she was like, oh yeah, that's Brent, it's okay. So luckily they didn't call the police on me, but somebody was worried that I was out on the school grounds with a selfie stick. That would have been fun if the police were called, right? You could meet an American police officer. It's the next day, I'm about to leave for work to go back to school. It's not as nice today, it's raining a little bit. We need the rain though. As I try to wake up for another school day, I wanna tell you about another English phrasal verb we use on the phone, and that is speak up. It's another way to ask someone to speak a little louder. You can say, I'm having a little trouble hearing you. Do you mind speaking up? Now might be a good time to ask you to hit that like button if you're learning any English at all. This is my planning period at school. It's a time when I don't have students I get to plan for the next class. Well, I'm done planning, so I'd like to talk about the next 
English phrasal verb, and that is call back. So let's say you, you pick up the phone, you answer the phone, but you're pretty busy. You might tell that person, hey, can I call you back? I'm about to give the baby a bath. I'm a little busy right now. So when you call somebody back, it means they called you. You're just not able to take their call at that point. So you'll call them back at a later time. The lighting is awful here. Sorry. Maybe I'll go over by the window to get some better lighting. Maybe. Uh, the next one is cut off. And we can use this two different ways. Maybe you interrupt somebody. So you start speaking before that other person is done speaking. You might say, oh, I'm sorry I cut you off. Go ahead. And when you tell someone to go ahead, that means they can continue speaking. You can also get cut off when you're on a phone call. And sometimes we call it a dropped call, but literally the call will end. You were talking. Suddenly, you're not talking anymore. You might ask that person, are you still there? Are you there? We must have gotten cut off. And then you'll have to call that person back, or maybe they'll call you back. The next two go together. Hold on and hang on. You can use these when you are asking the other person to wait. Maybe, I don't know, something comes up. We'll use another phrasal verb there. Something interrupts you and you have to leave the conversation for just a little bit, not a long time. You're asking them to wait. Hey, can you hold on? Can you hang on? Both of those English phrasal verbs mean wait. Let's say you get a phone call at a restaurant, but the server comes over to take your order. You might tell the person you're talking to, hey, can you hang on? I just need to give the server my order. But if your food actually arrives, you might tell that person on the phone, hey, do you mind if I call you back? My food just came, I'm gonna eat. I'll call you back right after. The next one, it's not hang on, but it's hang up. And that is what you do at the end of a call. You hang up your phone, you stop, talking to that person. I think now instead of the house phone where you would literally hang it up, I think you just click the end button, right? On a cell phone? Yeah, the end button. Hey, if you like these phrasal verb videos, why stop learning English now? Check out this one I did right here at my school. There are like 30 of them. It'll really help you with your English. Brent here from American English with this guy. And in today's English lesson, we are going to talk about all of the English vocabulary terms, all of the phrasal verbs that we use when it comes to fall cleanup. And the first thing we probably should talk about is what the heck is fall cleanup? Well, in the United States, we don't say autumn very often, you know, that time of the year right before winter and right after summer. Yeah, we mostly use fall. And before winter comes and the snow starts falling, we have to clean up or pick up our yards. Americans, uh, I'm in my neighborhood right now, you can see most of them have a lot of grass. And uh, we love our trees, but in the fall, those leaves turn color and they look beautiful for a while, but then they, they fall 
which is, I think, where we get the name of the season. This is early fall, so there are still a lot of leaves that have to fall, but today my job for fall cleanup is to pick the ones that have fallen. I'm gonna show you my shed, talk about hedge clippers, talk about lawnmower, all that kind of stuff. If that sounds like a fun lesson to you, well, stay tuned and I promise you are going to learn lots of English. The first thing we should talk about for fall cleanup is what should you wear? Because it's often a pretty dirty job. So I might call what I'm wearing my work clothes. So it's a old sweatshirt. I have a t-shirt on underneath. I have some really comfortable pants. I have this hat. I don't care if it gets dirty. And my shoes, I have on my lawn cutting shoes. I'd like to talk about them next. All right, my lawn cutting shoes. First, I have to take off my shoes and I'll just take off one, but it's an English phrasal verb there. So this is my lawn cutting shoe. My, I have two of them. I have a pair of lawn cutting shoes or grass cutting shoes. And you can see that they are all stained. They're pretty gross, but they're stained green. Stain, it can be a noun. There's a, a green stain right there, or it can be a verb. These are stained green. Basically my lawn cutting shoes are my shoes I used to wear or I once wore, but then they got old. Like this part here, we call that the tread. That's what makes your feet stick to the ground so you don't slip. Well, the tread starts to wear. They get a little dirty. They start to fall apart. So then I use them as my lawn cutting shoes. It's a little windy out here, but my shoes are made by a company called New Balance. They're an American company which is cool, but I call them my dad shoes. And there have been some questions about that recently. I mentioned it in a lesson about a budget hotel. So I got a couple questions. What are, what are dad shoes? Well, because they're from the name brand New Balance, like nobody young wears those kinds of shoes. So they're not like Nike or Adidas. That's how we say that company in the United States, by the way. So they're just my dad shoes. Like young people don't wanna wear them. So I say I'm wearing dad shoes. And the current shoes that I'm wearing, let, let's go look at them for a second. All right, this is the current pair of shoes that I'm wearing. If I could hold both of them, it would be a pair of shoes, but it's only one. Did you notice it, it's blue? I don't really want to wear blue shoes, but because of the pandemic and they're made here in the United States, they stopped making the color of shoes that I normally like to wear, either black or kind of gray. Everybody bought those up. So all I had left was the blue ones. Bought those up, Ooh. English phrasal verb. They, they bought them up. There are no more to buy. Next, let's move on to the shed. And we'll talk about some tools of the trade. Tools of the trade. That's a, a term we sometimes use for things that will help you do a job. Like I'm a teacher. At school, some of my tools of the trade is a, a whiteboard, 
Uh, I might use um, a computer, those kind of things. Maybe a pen or a pencil. Those are my tools of the trade. Today, the first tool of my trade is gonna be the lawnmower. I held my shed door together with a bungee cord. Hey, if you're a channel member, by the way, during the live chats, there is an emoji of this shed if you ever wanna use it. That bad boy is my lawnmower. The first thing I always do before I mow my lawn is check to make sure that it is full of gas. Looks like it might be about half full of gas, so I'll try to fill up the tank with a little bit more gas. But uh, it doesn't sound like I have a lot of gas left. I may have to make a run to the store to get more gas eventually. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of gas left in my gas tank, so we will be making a run to the store very soon, but I wanna start mowing the lawn first. But to do that, I need to get a bag. Yeah, I attached that bag to my lawnmower. Now, this is not a lawn bag. We will be using a lawn bag very soon. The next thing I'm going to do is start my lawn mower up, start up. I need to start it up. And to do that, I need to pull on the cord. That thing is the cord. I've only made a couple passes with my lawnmower. Every time you go by your lawn, you make a little path or a little track. We call that a pass. So I've only made a couple passes with my lawnmower and I already need to empty the bag. We'll do that in just a second, but I wanna teach you the term missed a spot right here look at i missed a spot in the lawn and i'll have to go over it again you see that part on either side there is a pass but i missed the middle i missed a spot a lot of americans would normally rake up those leaves Ooh, another english phrasal verb but i'm choosing to mulch them I am running over them with my lawnmower and I'm making them really small. The leaves become smaller. We might say they've become little bits, real small little bits. Now I'm going to get a large trash can and a lawn bag and then I'm going to dump in those mulched leaves. Oof, lots of new English terms right there. I'll show you what I mean in just a second. I have my roll of lawn bags here. I'm going to put them in this trash can. See all the mulched leaves? They're little bits now. 
Yeah, I just do that a few hundred times more and we'll be done. You know what makes the job easier? AirPods. I'll be listening to my music as I mow the lawn. But do you know what makes the job more difficult? It's pretty windy today. So the leaves are blowing around quite a bit. Another English phrasal verb there. Now that the bag is full, I'm going to tie up the bag. Everything's just a little harder today because of the wind. Okay, good news. I'm halfway done with the lawn. I've done half. And now I have another half I have to do. But there's a problem. I can't keep up with the leaves. So if I could keep up with the leaves, there would be no leaves on my lawn. But as you can see, there are leaves. So just as quickly as I mow up the leaves or pick up the leaves or mulch up the leaves, whole lot of phrasal verbs there, more leaves fall from the trees. So I can't keep up. The next thing that's bothering me is this thing. Um, we might call it a bush. We might call it a hedge, but I need to cut back this hedge or I need to trim up this hedge. They both basically mean the same thing. Now, notice I didn't say I need to cut down this hedge or I need to cut down this bush. If it did, it basically meant I would cut it at the bottom and completely get rid of it. No, I need to trim it up or I need to cut it back. Basically, I'm going to get some hedge clippers from my shed and start cutting off the tops of, of these things. I don't even know what you call them in, in English. Maybe we could call them leaves, I guess. They're not really branches. Those are found on trees. So let's just stick with leaves. But sometimes when you don't know something in English, you can just say, oh, you know those things at the, at the end of the, the bushes or the end of the hedges. Yeah, those things or that stuff. Things and stuff work really well when you don't know the exact word. Yeah, I broke that shed door um, last summer during a live lesson. I don't know if it's still up on the channel. You can probably check. Ooh, I see my hedge clippers. If I can get through the door. It's all dark in my shed. Uh, sometimes creatures live in here, so I'm not gonna stay too long, but we might call these hedge trimmers. I won't bore you with cutting them all off on camera, check back in a minute. It started to warm up. So another English phrasal verb. The sun is, the sun is kind of beating down on me. So I took off my sweatshirt so I wouldn't be so warm. So I could cool off a little bit. 
right, so I did, I trimmed the bush back a little bit and now I will rake up all of the scraps that are on the ground. Now I need to go back to the shed and get my rake. What do you know? I didn't have to gas up. I still have some gas in the tank. Not a lot, but I was able to finish. I'm gonna put away my tools of the trade. I'm gonna put them back in the shed and then I'm gonna call it a day. I'm done. If you like these English lessons where I act out phrasal verbs, check out this one I did at my school. Thanks for watching, see you next time. Right. For us to talk about ice, we need to get near some ice, which could be a little dangerous. There's a river over here, and since this English lesson is about ice, let's go see some ice. But, whoa. In this English lesson, you are going to learn at least 22 phrasal verbs or terms we use in English when talking about ice. You also might see me slip and fall a little bit, which I almost did. It is quite icy. But before we get into the lesson, let's take a look at that sunset over there. All right, this could be a bad idea. I'm not exactly wearing the best shoes. I have my dad's shoes on, but I want to get down near the river. And this ramp is, pr is pretty slippery. Who knew being an English teacher was so dangerous? Right, the question is, can I get back up though? I didn't realize it would be so, oh gosh. Okay, ice, we're talking about ice today. And the first thing I wanna talk about is ice up and ice over. Two English phrasal verbs we use with ice as I make my way down this ramp. I think there's a, there's a side over here that isn't too icy and I don't think I will fall. So. I'm sure you all know what ice is. I've been walking on ice for the last two minutes. But we do have those phrasal verbs, ice up and ice over. Ice up. This is what we use when things start getting ice on it. For instance, we have something in English called freezing rain. I'm sure you know what rain is, but in English, Freezing rain is when it starts to rain. It's warm up in the sky, it's warm up in the clouds, but when the rain reaches the ground or trees or branches, it will start icing up. That means it gets ice on it and it could build up 
That's another English phrasal verb we use. It has nothing really to do with ice. But if something builds up, it gets thicker. It gets taller. And so something could ice up. Like if it was freezing rain out right now, those branches could start icing up. The roads could start icing up. My car, I just left my car. It could start icing up. Now ice over is a little bit different, which is why I want to get down to the river. Because you could use ice up and ice over interchangeably. You could. Hey, if it's freezing rain, you could say, whoa, those tree branches are starting to ice over. The road is starting to ice over. And you would be fine. You could use it. But if you want to sound like a native English speaker, we use ice over when things are actually supposed to have ice on them. This river, I'm gonna make it. I'm almost there. This river, as you can see, a lot of it has ice, not all of it, but it's starting to ice over. It's starting to have ice at the edges of the river. It gets cold where I live. It's supposed to ice over. And that's what this river is doing. It's icing over. You see how that ice looks down there? We might say those are ice crystals on top of the ice. And I'm sure you know what ice is, but did you know that we actually have an adjective to use with ice? And it's icy. So the roads could be icy. That ramp right there is definitely icy. So when things start having ice on them, you can say they are icy. Another noun I would like to teach you using ice is icicle. You might see icicles hanging from houses in the winter, and I'll put a picture up of what an icicle is. Just to make sure you know what adjectives and nouns and verbs are, let's do a quick review. A noun, it's a thing. An adjective, it describes a noun. It gives a little bit more information about that thing. And a verb is something you do. Let's talk about two verbs and adjectives right here. I actually used one already. When I got out of my car, I slipped on the ice, slipped. It means when you're walking and your foot goes in a quick movement that you weren't expecting. So I just pretended, but that would be what it looked like if I was slipping. I just, I just slipped. Now the adjective, you can describe something as slippery. So that icy road up there can be slippery. It could cause you to slip. My hands are starting to get cold, so I am going to find a warmer place. Hopefully I can make it back up this hill without slipping. I found the sweet spot, but there's no light, but I can't walk backwards. 
It's too dangerous. Speaking of dangerous, I'm just recording this in case I slip because uh, I would make for... Okay, I just slipped again, but I didn't fall. So falling would be if I went all the way down to the ground. I thought I was the only one crazy enough to come down here, but there actually is a lady in that van and she's collecting sticks down there. Well, she's not in the van now. She's down there. But that van belongs to her. Okay. I think I'm uh, I think I'm pretty safe. Um, they've, you know one thing that helps if something is slippery or icy? Those two things are almost the same word, pretty much. It's if you put sand down. Unfortunately, there's a lot of trash in this parking lot, but because of the sand, it's not so icy. And just in case you're wondering, why is that woman collecting sticks? She's going to make walking staffs out of them, and um, or walking sticks. I'll put a picture up of what a walking staff or a walking stick is. Nothing to do with ice, though. I think it's getting a little too dark to film outside. I'll finish the rest of this video tomorrow, and guess what? I think when I continue filming, there will be a lot more snow on the ground. We're supposed to get some snow overnight. All right, it's it's the next day. Quite a quite a difference, huh? We are getting a snowstorm, and it sounds like in the distance there might be some sirens because it's slippery out. The roads are slippery. There may have been an accident, and I hope that uh, the sound is okay. I had to change the microphone because it is snowing quite a bit. I didn't want to get the microphone wet. It seems like there's more light. Eh, it's pretty dark. You hear the sirens? Hopefully you can. But we're talking about ice, even though we're getting snow today. Yesterday, I mentioned how a road might ice over. Another way you could say that, if you want, is the road is starting to glaze over. That means it's getting some ice on it. No ice, really. No ice, really, uh, on the roads. Just a lot of snow. If there was ice, you probably wouldn't be able to see it anyways. It's easier to slip on ice if there's snow covering it. Uh-oh. Looks like we might have a plow coming this way. Sounds like it. No, it's on the next street. Lots of noises here today. I just talked about glaze over. Um, now we're gonna get to my favorite part of the lesson and we're gonna talk about food here, even though we're still talking about ice. There's something called icing and glaze that can go on sweets like cakes or donuts. So icing 
is a type of decoration usually used for cakes and it just makes the cake look a little prettier and it tastes a lot sweeter glaze is a lot like the same thing but it's just sugar and it's pretty clear you can see right through it we even have some donuts in the united states called glazed donuts that's just when uh, they take some sugar melted sugar it's clear and they pour it over the donut it's really good stuff yeah there's a plow on the other other side of the the street over there and there's a plow right beside me too one thing you have to worry about when the road starts to glaze over is black ice you might hear that term sometimes it's ice you can't see and it can often cause some accidents on the road another way you might hear glaze used is glazed over we sometimes talk about people's eyes being glazed over it's almost like there's a a blank look on their face and you want to wave your hand in front of their eyes if someone has glazed over eyes it could be they're very tired maybe they didn't get enough sleep the night before or it could be that they're really bored i hope your eyes are not glazing over with this english lesson i hope you find it interesting if you do you mind hitting that like button thanks Lots of wind here today, lots of wind. We also have ice cubes. Those are square things that keep your drink cold, ice cubes. They're also chunks of ice or ice chunks. Those don't really have a square shape and you can find them pretty much anywhere. Maybe a, a river has frozen over there's another one we could would you could use there frozen over it's iced over it's glazed over means there's not as much ice but chunks of ice could be found in a frozen river or a partly frozen river they just don't have that square shape that ice cubes have if you go into a restaurant in the United States you could ask for some ice water and that is just water with ice cubes in it but there are two different types of way we have ice in the United States crushed ice or cubed ice so hopefully you already know what an ice cube is that's just cubed ice is ice cubes in your drink but you could have crushed ice crushed ice is smaller than cubed ice and it melts more quickly but it makes your drink colder more quickly I just said melt didn't I we have two verbs in English that we can use with ice melt and freeze freeze is when you have ice no sorry freeze is when you have water and it gets so cold that it turns to ice 
water freezes into ice. The opposite happens when ice melts. The ice will become water again when it melts. When ice gets warmer, it melts back into water. If you are looking for another English lesson with ice, I did an English lesson at an ice rink. Thanks for watching. See you next time. In this English lesson, you are going to take a road trip with an English teacher and learn English phrasal verbs along the way. It is very early in the morning. I need to take my son to a hockey camp that is three hours away. So I will be driving six hours today. Three hours there and three hours back. The first thing I need to do is turn on the lights. And the second thing I need to do is wake up. Yeah, I know I'm out of bed and everything. You might hear that phrasal verb. Oh, he woke up at 5.35 this morning, which I did. Yeah, I was sleeping and then I became awake, but I'm still kind of groggy. Like I'm not fully awake. So I still need to fully wake up. I still need to wake up. And to do that, I think I'm going to take a shower, but um, I wouldn't really wanna drive right now because I'm still a little sleepy. I still need to wake up, maybe get some caffeine. All right, we got our caffeine. This is warm. It's been left in my garage. It just saves more room in the refrigerator. So I am going to put some ice in a glass, cool it off that way. Ooh, phrasal verb there, cool it off. Cool this off, get this cold, take a few sips. And yeah, my family has way too many pairs of shoes. Yeah, that was just a sip. It's a, it's a small drink of something. If I took a gulp, that would be much bigger. And now for my shower, I need to get naked for that one, so you are not invited. You're invited on this road trip. Yeah, sure, you are going to ride along with me. Is that a new phrasal verb for you, ride along? It's exactly what it sounds like. You are going to ride along on this car trip with me just not the shower. Okay, I'm all freshly showered or I showered up. Yes, that is a phrasal verb. We love to put up at the end of verbs. So the next thing I need to do is gas up the car, but it's a little cold out. So I put on a sweatshirt, probably just to start the day. It is going to warm up. Another phrasal verb with up. My family may have a lot of shoes. I only have one pair of shoes. And if you have been watching this channel for any length of time, you know those shoes. Those are dad shoes. Maybe I should explain a little bit about dad shoes. It comes from mom jeans. Those are those high-waisted jeans that moms sometimes wear. I'll put a picture up there of what mom jeans are. So I just made up my own term, I think, dad shoes. It's the type of shoes dads wear. They're comfortable though. I forgot to grab a key. 
And now because we have such a long road trip, I need to gas up the car or fill up the car. That just means put all of the gas I can into the gas tank. I totally forgot. Before we gas up the car, I needed to start it up. So I had to start up my car and I just did. So I started it up, started it up. I just started it, it up. That's hard to say. I just started up my car. I just started it, it up. I just started it, it up. I just started it. I just started up. I just started it. I started it up. All gassed up, but now I need to plug up my phone. Plug up. I would show you that, but I'm actually recording on my phone, so I can't. You'll just have to trust me. Back home, just waiting for my son to wake up. I got up really early, but it's starting to cloud up. I hope we don't get any rain on our road trip. Cloud up, yeah, that's another phrasal verb. My son is all packed up for his trip. Did you see the bags? Well, inside those bags uh, is everything that he needs for his hockey camp. He's packed up and now I need to load up the car. I'm going to put his stuff in the car for him so he'll have it for his trip. All right, half of the road trip is complete. I just dropped my son off at the dorms he will be staying at for the next three days. And now I'm ready to go back home. You notice that phrasal verb there, drop off. So I have the car. I'm going to continue driving with the car, but he got out of the car and stayed somewhere. That's what it means to drop someone off. The opposite is pick up. I'll pick him up in a couple days. So we are about halfway through the trip. I am going to fill up here at this gas station right there behind me. Gas is a little bit cheaper here in New Hampshire than where I live in Maine, a different state. But I just fueled up inside. I grabbed a few snacks and some juice. You can also use fuel up for your body. You can give yourself more energy with food and drink. I got quite a bit of driving ahead of me. I hope you have enjoyed this English lesson with phrasal verbs. If you're looking for more work with phrasal verbs, right up there is one I did with food. Thanks for watching. See you next time. I'm not sure what's going on with that car, but it doesn't look right. There is a whole lot of smoke. I hope they're okay. English phrasal verbs. Aren't those things a pain if you are trying to learn English? Well, in today's English lesson, you are going to learn six new English phrasal verbs that sound like they might hurt, 
but I promise you, they don't. And the first English phrasal verb I would like to teach you is punch in. Now punch, that sounds violent. You ball up your fist like this and you might hit somebody. That's called a punch. But if you punch something in, it's not violent at all. Yeah, and that's what makes phrasal verbs so difficult is, oh, I know the definition for punch. It must have something to do with punch when you say punch in. And uh, not really. You could punch your friend's phone number into your phone. It basically means push buttons. Hey, let me punch in a phone number real quick. I need to call somebody. If you ever work in the United States, you might have to punch in for work. And what that means is that you might have a time card and then you might have to punch in with your time card. A time card is what it sounds like. It's a piece of paper, a card that keeps track of the number of hours you work. And when you leave work, you punch out. And the thing you punch in and out of if you work here in the United States is a time clock. Now, as a teacher, I don't punch in and out with a, wow, sounds like somebody's racing. As a teacher, I don't punch in and out with a time clock. I'm what's called salary. Basically, salary is you get paid the same amount of money every week, no matter if you work five hours or 30 hours, you still make the same amount of money. But if you punch in with a time card, you get paid by the hour. It's a little confusing. I am going to do an entire English lesson on how to work in the United States. But this English lesson isn't about working in the United States, it's about tricky English phrasal verbs. The next one is kick back. How about kick? Do you know that verb? You probably do. I just did a kicking motion with my foot. Yes, I am wearing dad shoes today. But if you kick back, it's definitely not violent at all. And in fact, it's probably the opposite. It's when you relax. Maybe after a long day at work, you just decide to kick back. That means relax. I don't know what you do to relax. Please put it in the comments. What do you like to do when you relax? But for me, it might be to sit down in my favorite chair, a recliner, and just watch TV, watch YouTube, come up with new English lessons. That's what I like to do when I kick back after a long day of work. The next English phrasal verb that sounds violent or like it hurts, but it isn't, is to crack down. Let's talk about the word crack. It's, it's usually a noun and it means something that's broken, but not all the way broken. Like you could crack a mirror. It means like it's sort of starting to break, 
but it isn't broken all the way yet. How about an earthquake? Do you know what an earthquake is? It's when the earth literally shakes and buildings might fall. Well, sometimes the earth cracks during an earthquake, like a big hole breaks in a, a, a truck is, truck is uh, distracting me. All right, focus, crack down. So those are cracks, but when you crack down on something, it means you try to stop it from happening. Now, there are a lot of people that are speeding on that road just down there. I'm not sure if you can see it, but if the police want to crack down on people going fast on that road, well, what they could do is patrol that road more often, have more police cars on that road to watch for people who are speeding. And it sounds right now, sounds like there's some sirens in the distance. Maybe they are cracking down on the people that are speeding. Do you have children? Are you a parent? Sometimes you might have to crack down on your children. Ooh, that sounds like it might hurt, but no, it doesn't. Let's think about what children might do wrong. How about they don't keep their room clean enough? Well, as a parent, you might have to crack down on them and make sure they clean their room more often. I thought, let's take a little drive and then discuss more English phrasal verbs. There's actually a cornfield right across the street. Maybe there won't be as many cars racing up and down the street. Maybe a little quieter here to talk about the next one. The next one is cough up. Now, if you know the word cough in English, it's like, <coughs> that, that's a cough. But guess what? The English phrasal verb has nothing to do with coughing. Cough up means you think somebody has something and they're hiding it. Let's say somebody owes you money. They have the money, but they're not paying you the money. You could say, hey, come on, cough it up. I know you have the money. I need my money. Please pay me. The students that I teach at my school, in my classroom, are about 13 years old. And they love taking each other's stuff and hiding it. I don't know why. I don't know how many times a day I hear, he took my pencil, he's hiding my pencil, he's hiding my milk. It's crazy. But I could say to one of my students, if I knew they took the other student's pencil, I could say, come on, I know you have it. Cough it up. I'm not sure what's going on with that car, but it doesn't look right. There is a whole lot of smoke. I hope they're okay. All right, I'm gonna go check on that person and then uh, we'll get back to the English lesson. Wow, it doesn't smell good. It looks like they have a cell phone and right over there is a place that sells cars. So 
he's in, actually in a good spot right there. All right, let's, let's get back to the, the English lesson. Guess what, it looks like a, a fire truck is trying to follow that car. Here it comes. Okay, so there's a bench right here. I am going to bump in to this bench. Like, I actually hit that. Our next English phrasal verb is bump into, but it doesn't mean to actually hit anything. So many loud cars. It doesn't mean to actually hit anything. You might bump into a friend at the store. You don't actually hit them. It just means you didn't expect to see them, but then you saw them. You bumped into them. Oh, there is so much activity around here. That's, a, that's an ambulance. Um, not sure why. But you could bump into a friend you weren't expecting to see at the store. Hey, oh my gosh. I didn't know I would be seeing you here. It is so nice that we bumped into each other. They didn't hit each other. They didn't touch each other. They just saw each other when they didn't think they would be meeting each other that day. The opposite of bump into someone is to meet them. That means you call that person before or you text them and say, hey, let's be at this place at the same time. Like, I will meet you at the restaurant at seven o'clock tonight. We also use the English phrasal verb run into. It means the same exact thing as bump into. Maybe you go to a restaurant, your friend is there, you didn't know that they were going to be there. You can say, oh, it's so nice running into you here at this restaurant. I didn't plan on seeing you here. Those are six English phrasal verbs that sound like they hurt, but they don't. If you're looking for more English phrasal verbs to sound more like a native English speaker, right up there, I did a few more about food.